unstoppable kick-ass confidence. Are you ready? Welcome to the Raw and Unscripted Show with Christopher Roush, where we help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. Now please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. And please welcome our host, Christopher Roush. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, the misfits for life of the kick-ass nation. It is I, Christopher Roush, your No Excuses Coach, and we are back here with another episode of the Raw and Unscripted Show with yours truly, where I help you overcome your self-created crap without the self-help fluffy bullshit. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls? I hope you're having a fantastic day. I hope you're having a fantastic week. I hope you're having a fantastic kick-ass summer. What's up? What's up? Let's, uh, let's make sure we're interacting in the comments tonight, letting us know how you guys are doing. We appreciate you guys being here, whether you're live or on the replay we're coming to you every single tuesday night 7 p.m pacific standard time so make sure it's in your calendar i know a lot of you guys are regulars whether you're live or on the replay we appreciate you and if you're new to the show we appreciate you engaging with us in the comments asking us questions and we will be sure to get you the answers of those things that are burning in your heart because this is a conversation between myself and my guest and you guys we're sitting at a bar we're sitting at a coffee shop we're conversating you guys are kind of like well, what are those guys talking about you know how can i improve my confidence how can i raise my awareness how can i start having a kick-ass life so this is a conversation between all of us and we appreciate you again um if you guys aren't familiar we are on podcast as well i know a lot of you guys watch the video cast but if you go to where podcasts are sold itunes spotify iheart wherever i want to go just type in raw and scripted you can type in christopher roush you'll find all my shows and truth be told i have another show coming up Ooh, yes ladies and gentlemen not only two shows a week but now three shows a week and uh, more details on that but just to say it's for parents of kids who would like for them to have a kick-ass life. So that's what's going on. And as always, I got a little plug for you guys. As you know, we got our wristbands in. We got the no excuses on one side. We got believe on the other side. We got the other one that says unstoppable. And we got no excuses on this side. So we're selling them as a pair. We sell them individually. You can buy them as a pack and give them to your friends. Uh, we've had quite a few sales already. I thank you guys for those of you who have done it. Thank you guys for tagging me in the pictures. As you can tell, I wear them religiously. I'm a bracelet guy. Somebody called me a pirate the other day and i took offense to it for a second i said wait a minute i think that's kind of cool um so anyways we appreciate you for that and one more little uh, part of business help heal humanity ladies and gentlemen boys and girls you guys know i'm massively uh, fond of this organization i'm on the board of directors for it helphealhumanity.org if you're listening on the podcast i have a, uh, a ticker going across the bottom just a phenomenal organization. I've been involved with it for a couple of years now, and it's all designed about how we can help heal humanity. There's so much chaos and so much uncertainty and divisiveness going on in the world today, and people are struggling. So Help Heal Humanity is all about uh, helping people uh, overcome their food insecurities, their confidence insecurities, to be able to get the tools and the strategies to live a kick-ass life. Um, we do that all over the world, but right now we're focused on Haiti. Uh, we've got a program in Haiti where we're raising $100,000 to send kids to school in one of the roughest neighborhoods in Haiti. And if you guys haven't been living under a rock, you guys know Haiti has experienced so many tragedies. They've had a couple of earthquakes. They've had the president of their country assassinated. They've got a bunch of gang activity on there. And we're still sending these kids to school. And the truth be told, we feed them three times a week. So your donation, whatever it possibly can be, can help feed those kids, send them to school, give them the, the tools and the strategies to be able to have a kick-ass life and to be able to make a, a difference in their lives of themselves and their families. And I get this question every once in a while, Chris, why are you focusing on Haiti when there's a lot of stuff going on here in the United States? And that is a great point. We do things in Canada. We do things here in the United States. We do things in Spain. We do things in um, uh, Colombia. We do um, Cambodia. 
But the reason why we're focusing right now on Haiti is because there's so many resources and there's so many tools and agencies out here that can help us get on our feet again. Uh, in Haiti, they have nothing. I mean, literally a tarp, water, um, it's just anything and everything can help them really try to just get to the next level of surviving uh, and staying nourished. So we appreciate you guys. If you get value out of these shows, please do whatever you can. Five bucks, 10 bucks, 100 bucks. If you can sponsor a child, my wife and I sponsor two children, um, and even I'm on the board, it's such an amazing feeling to know that you're actually sending a kid to school and actually feeding them. And the truth be told, nobody takes a paycheck. It's not like one of those other organizations where you know all the people of the organization live in fancy places. No, even the, the founder, Serena Buffalino, no paycheck, nothing. It's all out of the goodness of our heart, and that's why I'm involved with it. So helphealhumanity.org, uh, go check it out. We appreciate you guys for supporting that. If you, if you donate or do anything, whether it's a dollar, send me a screenshot of that because I'd like to personally thank you. And depending on what you contribute, I would like to offer you something in return, perhaps a, a period of time with me as a coach uh, to get you uh, where you need to be for your kick-ass life too. So it's all about helping one another, paying it forward because we're all blessed in one way or another. So that is my commercial. That is it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for the show. Tonight, I've got an amazing guy. I've done a little bit of research on him. He is passionate. He's heart-centered. He's all about connection and networking and creating uh, viable alternatives and resources for us to, to elevate ourselves, whether personally or professionally. And I'm welcoming to the Ron and Scripture Show, Mr. Alex Ramirez. What's going on, Alex Ramirez? Welcome to the Ron and Scripture Show, brother. How are you doing? Man, I have a positive attitude. I'm doing things right. I have no fear and I'm grateful. Damn, no fear and you are grateful. Those are a couple of the things that I really aspire to about gratitude, especially. But one of the first questions I've been asking my guests recently is, is thinking about the last two and a half years of our lives and COVID and everything that's gone on, the lockdowns and whatnot. What have you personally learned about people and what have you learned most about yourself during this time of transition and chaos? Damn. Well, I guess, I guess that, you know, the main thing that I focus on, man, is that you get more of what you focus on. True. Right? Because honestly, like I haven't, like if, if, it, if it wasn't for people telling me or the news or, you know, like, or, or like hearing stuff, I would have never even known that we were going, you know, in, through, through like a, through like a, through like a season of chaos in the world, rather than like a season of COVID. Like I, I, I think I've gotten sick. I got, I got sick a couple of times in the past, like three years, maybe like five times, maybe in the past three years. But, um, you know, I've gotten sick a couple of times. I just like focus on positivity. So what I'm trying to say is that if I, if like no one else, no other 30 party, you know, like people or sources have a, would have told me that there was bad stuff going on in the world, I wouldn't have known. And you know, one, yeah, maybe I'm selfish and I'm just focused on me, but two, well, I'm just like, I'm just like focused on like the positivity of, of, of what's happening, right? Like in my life, the impact that I'm having um, so I think that the number one thing that I've learned in the past couple of years is that you get more of what you focus on, right? Because you can, you have me in which I'm totally unplugged from all of the bad stuff and all the chaos happening in the world, or like my grandma, who all she thinks about is like the problems going on in the world. She, she thinks that the world, you know, everyone in the world is out to get her, right? She, she thinks that like, like people are getting killed. People are getting killed, right? There's things you know, being stolen, there's people being raped, there's like, you know, places being bombed, right? But that's all she thinks about. And she like, is at home watching the news, like stressed out and with a lot of anxiety, with a lot of fear, um, unable to be able to go after her goals because of that fear that she feels, right? And addicted to that fear that she feels, right? Because she keeps on being stuck watching the news, which causes more fear, more anxiety. So we have that spectrum. And then we have the other spectrum of people who are totally unaware of all of this 
bad things happening. So I guess that, man, you get more of what you focus on. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> it's totally true. It's totally true. I thought I call the definition. We know the definition of insanity. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. But, you know, I tell people that, you know, where where focus goes, energy flows. So like we're yeah. focused on the ne negative things that are happening in our world. You know, if we wake up in the world and go, oh, my God, today is going to be a shitty day our reticular activation system in our brain, our RAS system, will actually go out there and find uh, uh, opportunities for us to recognize that. Oh, there's another thing. There's another thing. There's a guy that dropped me off or cut me off. All these different things. But for me, I wake up in the morning and I, before my eyes open, I say what I'm grateful for. And then the next thing I do before my eyes open is I say um, what my intentions are for the day. So I deliberately start my day off in a way that sets me up for success. Do you have any morning rituals that you um, that you incorporate? Because I know for, uh, both of I, both of us probably have uh, have um, followed successful people, and what they do in the morning is massively uh, important for how their day goes. Do you have any special rituals that you do in the morning? Yeah, hundred percent, man. Like if you take control of your day, of how your day starts and ends, like what happens in the middle, like won't won't hurt you. Like you'll be unshakable, right? Because the, the reality is that during the day. On a day-to-day -day basis, you have no control over how what happens, right? Like, there's a lot of people that make business plans, but then, but then, like those plans last like six minutes, you know, <laughs> in an average company, like 60 seconds, something like that, because you know something happens that makes makes those plans change. So, but if you can control your day, and you know, like the beginning of your day and the ending of your day, whatever happens in the middle, right? You'll be you'll be like stable, and you'll have the foundation to be able to handle it. So yeah, it definitely is very important to have like a morning ritual. And I was, I just want to give you like props for like, you know, like starting your day with intention, right? With like knowing what you're after, because exactly what you focus on, right? Where you, where you what did you say? What you focus on? Where, where, you fo where your focus goes, energy flows. Yeah, where your focus goes, energy flows. And exactly, so one thing before, before we're talking about like my morning routine and everything, which I do have one, before talking about that, I just wanted to like give an insight uh, about, about that, right? Which like our brain, our mind is like a compass needle, man. Okay. It's like a compass needle and it can only point to the one direction at a time. Right. So it could be pointing towards negativity or it could be pointing towards gratitude. It cannot be pointing at two directions at a time. Right. It could, it could go back and forth, right. Between, between, you know, both like really fast. Uh, but like it could only point at one direction at a time. So like if you focus on positivity, you'll get more positivity. If you focus, on negativity, you'll get more negativity. And I want to like give you some props because it's really powerful to start your day with in, like an intention of what is it that you want. Like you already know what you're focusing on, right? Yes. Like you're controlling where your focus goes. So then, you know, you're controlling where your energy flows. So that's awesome. And for me, I do have uh, an empowering, an empowering morning routine, man. I wake up at 4 a.m. every single day. Damn. That's just like me. I'm a morning person. I wake up at 4 a.m. I also go to sleep at nine, right? Like the reason I can wake up at 4 a.m. is because I go to sleep at nine and sleeping seven hours, seven hours for me is like crucial. Like I won't, I won't like, um, you know, like sacrifice my sleep for anything in the world, right? Like if, if for some reason I had to go to sleep at 12, I'll wake up at seven, right? Wow. So like I, I, I won't sacrifice my sleep and I, I just won't. That's, that's really crazy, but I, I won't. And I've, I haven't been for a long time. Haven't been sacrificing my sleep for a long time. So I go to sleep at nine, wake up at 4 a.m. Um, one really important thing about my morning routine is that it starts the night before, man. Nice, tell me about okay. that. 
So like, you know, these clothes, the, the, the shorts that I'm wearing, my, my socks and everything, like they're ready, right? But uh, like uh, by, besides the, the, the sofa in my living room, they're ready. My shoes, everything that I'm going to wear is ready. This water bottle is ready. Mm. Nice. Cheers. It fills up, right? The coffee maker is ready with coffee, with a filter, with coffee, with water. Uh, my vitamins are out. Like I take like five, five different types of vitamins. I take them out, right? And then I put them, you know, besides my water that's already filled up, besides my coffee maker that it's already, you know, like uh, ready with coffee and the filter and water. My clothes are ready. Everything is ready, right? So I wake up, my alarm, that's very, something very important. My alarm is all the way to the other side of the room. Smart because man. If it's, if it's by my side, I'll, I'll go like, oh, and then I'll go <laughs> yep. sleep again, right? I mean, I'm human and that, that you know, that sometimes happens. But if I put it all, to the all to the other way of the, of the the room, I'll have to get up to fucking you know make it go off. Yeah, right? and then I do the once same I'm thing. up, I'm up. Right, so I'm up at 4 a.m. I'm up. Um, you know my clothes is ready. I just put it on. I you know take the first thing that I do is I, I drink a liter of water with my vitamins. That's ready. It, it so far two minutes have passed. I'm already dressed. I've already taken a liter of water one liter of water and I've already taken vitamins in, in, into my body. I go to, I go downstairs, br brush my teeth and wash my face. You know, that takes me like about three minutes. That's like five minutes. And then I go, and then before going downstairs, I go to the coffee maker and press the button. And while I'm brushing my teeth and washing my face, by the time I get up, this is ready to be filled up because the coffee is ready. Right. So it literally takes me like five to 10 minutes to get ready, man, to get ready, come here to the, to my office, and be ready to work or be ready to do whatever, whatever it is that I gotta do. And my morning routine consists of two different things, right? Either like I'm ready to go and I like knock out a task, might knock out like a high leverage, high value, uh, you know, quality task, like some priority, right? Because yep. I'm ready, to, I'm just ready to go. Or I go through like my uh, no, journal, journaling, right? Like I connect to gratitude. Um, I connect to gratitude every single day. I express gratitude to myself. Um, gratitude to of my goals like i literally i put myself in a state in which i feel grateful for all of the things that i'm going after right and i put myself in a state in which i feel like i've already like if i had already arrived smart about your, your visioneering yeah like and i and i and like and then for the rest of my day i like literally show up as a person who has already arrived to its goals and instead of chasing i become like an attraction machine smart right? man so I connect to gratitude, man. I connect to gratitude. I meditate for 20 minutes and then uh, I journal. And then I study the Bible. I recently started studying, studying the Bible. About three weeks ago, I accepted Jesus. Uh, so that's something new for me, right? Which Congratulations. I Thank you, man. And um, so that, that takes like an hour, right? Like 20 minutes, like 10 minutes to prepare, 20 minutes to meditate, uh, you know, like 10 minutes to, uh, to like journal, right? 10 to 20 minutes, 20 minutes, that's like 30, 40 minutes. And then, and then, um, what else? Oh yeah. And, and then, and then going through my vision, I have this thing called the mental pathway programming. Okay. Which is basically to like wash your, wash your brain, right? Like I wash my brain every single day. I, I like literally program myself to, to believe that everything that I want is already mine. And I'm just like going in the, I'm just like in the process towards getting it. I read like, my like affirmations. It's visual affirmations, right? Yeah, exactly. This is my obituary. Right, like this is my um, my Wikipedia page right here. I literally like in you know in a couple of years from now, like someone's gonna go on Google and they're gonna search Alex Ramirez, the modern gentleman, 
and then a Wikipedia page is going to come up, and this is exactly what it's going to say in there. I've decided what I want my Wikipedia page to say, right? You're a smart dude, uh, man. I got my goals written down. I just, I just have three. I don't have like ten. I just have three, and I, I honestly I have two actually. One because one of them is like self mastery. That's just to remind me that the inner work never ends. It's like no. an everyday thing. Um, and then like my my vision board, which I also have like right there, like in my, in my wall, I'll show you. Look, look at this. You see that, that vision board? Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 you're doing a lot of the same things I do. I mean, you're doing what's prescriptive, what's prescriptive of what successful people do. Look at this. Look oh, he's taking me on a field trip. Look at this. Nice. Like it's big, man, right? Like those are my, uh, core, my, my core values, like what I value. Um, this is what I want, man like throwing events, virtual events and stuff. Like I thought that I was going to be, I mean, I think this works, man, honestly. Like, I, I don't know, but I think this works because I thought that I was going to be doing this in like five, 10 years from now, I'm 21, by the way. And I thought that I was going to be throwing wow. events and, and stuff like that, like become a millionaire in like 10 years from now, but it's happening already, right? And, uh, and, and, and it's not, and I believe like this is it, like, like connecting to gratitude, feeling as if you had already arrived. Mm -hmm. um this like going everything like you know like going through this every single day like this is my story every single little square represents something in my story and obviously like my past i didn't decide that but now from here onward i've decided the, the chapters of my story how that's gonna look like so Dude, alex that is that is so i, I want to stop you right there because uh, you said so much there that i could actually jump off on one of the things that you've really done i mean you're 21 years old that's phenomenal I've studied successful people all my life. I'm 53, so I've got a little bit of time on you. But what you've described here and your intentions of what you're visualizing for your success to be, that is part of the true nature of what makes people successful because our brain doesn't know real reality from perceived reality because if exactly. we have a bad dream, we wake up in the middle of the night, what happens? Nothing happened, but our brains perceive something to happen. So we wake up, our heart's beating, we're sweating, we're feeling like, you know, whatever just happened, happened. So what you're doing is you're setting the story into motion for what it is that you desire to, to become a reality. So being 21 years old, talk to me about young Alex. I mean, what, what was your initial story? Like, did you, were you always so positive or maybe what were some of the mentors in your life that helped you become the person that you are today? Was I always so positive? Well, man. Yeah, actually. Yeah, man. But you know what? I got lost. Like, like, yeah. Like I, I was like a, you know, I'm from Mexico. Actually three years ago, man, I couldn't speak English at all. Wow. You're doing a fucking great job. I'm, I'm Mexican and like three years ago, I couldn't like, I couldn't stand in front of a camera and speak more than three words in English without choking myself. So I used to live in Mexico, right? And I, like when I, when, I, when I went to school, I used to like sell chips and candy at school. I also, um, you know, like at 13, like 12, 13 chips and candy. And then I also sold like virtual reality glasses, smart watches back in 2013 and 14 when that started to become a thing, Chinese products. I didn't know about Amazon. If not, it would have been a different story. But uh, I like got them from Alibaba and I would sell them. And then at 14 and 15, I was like selling cars, right? And I was literally making more money than like most adults around me uh, by selling cars. But then from 14 to 18, man, I got lost. I got lost. I was missing this sense of this sense of significance, um, which I tried to get by being the one that drank the most, being the one that did the most of anything that they would put on the table. And then just drinking and doing drugs and partying and wanting to fit in right so actually yeah yeah like i've always been like 
this like driven guy, right? Like I've always like wanted to be more. Um, and then, you know, like the flip point of wanting to be more is like not being good enough. So I've always had that fear that drove me as well. And then, um, you know, which also led me into the path of, you know, wanting to prove that I am good enough by fitting in with the wrong people. So from sure. 14 to 18, I was lost. Drugs, drinking, partying. What was then, like the lowest point of that experience? Like what was the lowest point and what did you learn out of that? Like the lowest yeah, point. Yeah, yeah, Okay. The lowest point, man. So the lowest point of that experience is at 18 when I got my girlfriend pregnant. Right? So I got my girlfriend pregnant. My mother had me at 15 years of age. And uh, she told me a story growing up. She said that if you have a kid at a young age, you're going to be a fuck up. You're not going to amount to anything great and you're going to fail. Right? That's a that's so an then, inspirational speech. <laughs> right? Well, she had me at 15 and that's how she felt. Right? Right. So now like I understand her. Um, so at 18, when I got my girlfriend pregnant, I was like, damn, I was like scared. I didn't want all those bad things that I was told were going to happen to me to happen to me. So me and my girlfriend decided to go with abortion. Right? Uh, my girlfriend ended up, ended up taking like 40 some pills on Google, which is where we got information from. It said that she was going to be in pain and bleed. That's exactly what happened. She was in pain. She couldn't sleep for like three nights, had a really bad time, cramps, pain, bled everything out. And it worked, right? Like the, took the 40 pills worked. to have an abortion. Yeah. Wow. I never even heard of that. Then this was yeah, in Mexico. It was a method. Yeah. It was, a, we went to the pharmacy, you know, they told it to us. Uh, you know, it was a method that we found out in, in, uh, in Google, on Google, a month went by and she got her period just as she normally would on the dates that she normally does confirming that it had to work. Right. Another month went by and she didn't get her period. And we were like, what the, like, what the hell, like what is happening? Right. So we bought a test she was pregnant again, man. So we did the whole procedure again. She took more pills again. She was in pain for a couple of months for like three nights. Couldn't sleep, couldn't eat. had a lot of cramps, uh, and pain and bled everything out. So it worked. Right. Another month went by, we were seniors in high school, I was 18. And we were graduating and proms and dances and parties were going on. And my girlfriend wore tight dresses. She didn't look pregnant. She didn't feel pregnant. Nobody knew that she was pregnant. We didn't know because we thought that the abortion attempts had to work. We graduated, Christopher. And then after graduation from one week to another, I became the father of a premature baby that was born at five and a half months of gestation because the previous abortion attempts had not worked, man. Whoa. Wow. And you know, I don't know, like anyone listening, you, you know, you might know that babies are supposed to be born at nine months. At eight, they're at risk of dying, right? Some, some oh, of yeah. them die at seven, you know, a lot of them die at six, almost none of them make it. My daughter was born at five and a half months of gestation. I had a baby that was like this big that could fit in the palm of my hand that was connected to a bunch of shit at the hospital. Yeah. A baby that I previously tried to kill multiple times before that by giving pills, by like not, not taking care of it, like even like like even hitting my girlfriend in the fucking stomach. Um, so, you know, it was crazy, man. And like, that was the lowest point. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me. It was like the most traumatic thing that ever happened to me. Like, um, like two days before, two days before, like, like, yeah, like two days before my baby was born, uh, you know, we found out, we found out like, holy shit, you're still pregnant. We didn't know, man. We actually thought that the abortion had worked, right? And, you know, and, and you know, we were at the hospital and they were like, yeah, you're born. It's a, it's a girl and it's five, five months of gestation. I remember calling my mother, telling her everything that I'm telling you right now, right? Like just, just confessing everything to her and being like, mom, like, I don't want that baby. Like, like, fuck, I tried to fucking kill that baby multiple times. I've even, I've even hit my, 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 you know, my, my, uh, my, my, uh, my, uh, how do you call girlfriend, girlfriend, girlfriend. in the stomach 
that baby is probably like broken or deformed. Like I don't want that baby, mom. Like I don't fucking want that baby. Let's go to Mexico and let's get her, you know, let's get an abortion. We went to Mexico. We actually tried to, you know, see if we could abort that baby again. But the doctor was like, no, no like he, she's alive. She's alive. We can't do that. So wait, a minute, wait, wait. So, you, so you had the baby here in the United States or you had it in Mexico? Had her? Uh, no, we had it in the United States, right? But oh, okay. we went to like Mexico um, because in high With school, I went to high school in the United States, right? So like when we found out, um, was we found out in the U.S., like my girlfriend was having a hard time. She was, ha she was having like cramps. And I was like, Ben, like, that's crazy. Like, let's go to the, the, to the, to the, to the hospital to see what's happening. Um, and then that's when we found out right, a couple of days later, I became the father of a premature baby that was born at five and a half months of gestation. And that was like the worst thing that ever happened to me, right? Like no goals, no mission, no purpose, addicted, just, just thought about drinking and doing drugs and partying. And I had a baby that was born at five and a half months of gestation that I previously tried to kill multiple times. Like that whole process was really traumatic, full of pain, shame, and guilt. It was the worst thing that ever happened to me, man. Of course, um, it sounds, but man, it sounds horrible. It turned into the best thing that ever happened to me. It turned into, into the catalyst for my growth, the catalyst for finding out who I am, what I want, uh, where I'm going, what my purpose is. And that, Christopher, happened three years ago, man. I was 18, I'm 21 right now. Um, you know, three years ago, you know, three years ago, I didn't know how to speak English. Um, I'm about to get married to my girlfriend this November. Uh, it's like August right now, right? So in a couple of months, because it finally makes financial sense to do that. And my daughter, Christopher, you wouldn't even believe it, man. But she's absolutely beautiful. She's healthy and nothing is wrong with her. I, you, you've probably seen, seen her on my stories. Yeah. But, uh, you know, before this, I don't I, like I, I don't know. Like, I didn't believe in God. Right. Mm -hmm. But now, like, I don't know what else to call that. Like this. A miracle. Like my a life, blessing, a miracle and a miracle. gift. Exactly. And for some reason, like this. Helping men and women become modern kings and queens. It used to be called modern gentlemen, but since I'm going to be targeting queens, I didn't like modern ladies. So modern kings and queens. Helping men and women become modern kings and queens is my calling. This is what I believe I'm here for, right? And even if I wasn't doing this, even if I wasn't doing all of the things that I'm doing to like for this mission, like this is like, even if I didn't want to do this and I wanted to go that route, like this is something that I would be called to. Like I, I'm just like pulled toward this. I'm just like, listening yep. i'm just being a vessel i'm just being a tool i'm just being a tool for this i totally um, understand totally understand you're you're in the flow you're you're living god's purpose and mission you have the big vision that's your why you talked about you know the, you talked about your obituary so you've written your eulogy yeah i i, I, I uh that's, i did it like dude, that's like two years ago two what's years the ago. what's the crux of your eulogy what's like your big why in the world in my in my eulogy let me see there are a couple of things uh, the, one of the main things, like actually the first three sentences is breaking chains of ungratefulness, poverty, mediocrity, drug addiction, and, and broken families and people who did not take advantage of the amazing opportunities God alive in the universe want, uh, gave them to become better and better and help others become better and better as well. And, and, you know, and break those chains of like those generations of ungratefulness, poverty, mediocrity, people, people who weren't taking advantage of the amazing opportunities God alive in the universe were giving them. And, you know, generations of strong men creating good times, good times creating weak men, weak men creating bad times, bad times creating strong men, right? Like ending that fucking cycle and turning it into good times, which I'm living right now, I'm living good times, but instead of me being a weak man, I'm gonna be an even stronger, more evolved, 
wiser men who creates even better times and raises beautiful kids to be stronger than ever, more wiser than ever, more intelligent than ever, men and women who change the world. I love that. So, so for people who are listening and watching to this show right now, maybe they're stuck. They're stuck. Uh, I, I call them comfortably miserable. What are some first steps that people can take if they're if they're a victim of their past mindset? They, they're they're afraid to take chances. They've they've made past failures and mistakes. What are a couple of some strategies that you have your clients do in order to become those kings and queens? Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, comfortably miserable. Like if someone is comfortably miserable. Like they're just miserable. They're not having a fun time with their life, right? right? But they're comfortable. Like damn, right? I, I would just like for them to realize that life is not a comfort-centric experience. Like not like life is is a growth-centric experience, right? Like imagine life being a gym, right? And the reason most people live a a uh, a comfortable but miserable life is because they don't they're not even aware that life is a gym. And you wouldn't show up to the gym thinking, ah. Oh, I gotta lift the bar today. What do you mean? <laughs> right, right. Like yes, that's not how you show up to the to the gym. Like you show up to the gym wanting to put as much weight on the bar as you can, wanting to like mm -hmm. bust out as many reps as you can, wanting yeah. to like go to failure, right? Like to push yourself, and that's what life is. I believe that life is a growth centric experience, and you're here to grow and contribute, right? And uh, imagine if an athlete went to the gym and he got under the bar and, and he it was like, "Can you take some some weight off the the, the bar, please?" Imagine that, man. Right. And someone who's living a comfortably miserable, you know, life is doing that. Like they're like miserable. They're not having a fun time. And the fun time comes when you get out of your comfort zone, but they're not willing to get out of their comfort zone. So how do you switch that mindset? How do you, how do you change that for people? Like to what go are, from that, that situation of feeling like they're a victim of their own past, they're a victim of their own mindset. What are like some mm -hmm. simple strategies or, or complex strategies, whatever you pick to get them out well, of that becoming mindset? Becoming aware. The first, the first step is becoming aware that life is a growth-centric experience. If you, if you know, we we're in like Earth school. Like if you went to school and you didn't know that school was for you to like learn and do work and stuff, you would show up and you would be like, "Why am I here for?" Right? Like, because you're not aware of what like that what school is for, right? If you right. didn't know that school is for you to learn and grow, like you would show up and you would be like, "What the hell am I doing here?" Right? Like most people are not aware that they're here to like for a purpose to grow and contribute they're not aware so they're like what the hell am i here for like uh, they think that they're just here to like eat fuck sleep you know be comfortable but that's not the case right like everything in nature has a purpose man even a bee especially a bee has a purpose. oh hell yeah <laughs> don't you think any like you anyone listening don't you think you have a purpose like a bigger purpose bigger purpose than yourself then you think that god put you here for something right so everything in nature has a purpose everything in nature christopher is growing man a tree is growing, growing or dying. Well, it's growing and growing. dying. Right. And everything is contributing. Right. So I, I believe that the purpose of life, right, is purpose, like to find your purpose, to grow and to contribute, to grow into the best version of yourself that you can be, which is what I call a modern king and modern queen, and to contribute, to, to like serve. Right. That that's it. And if you feel like, oh, what's my purpose? I, I haven't I haven't found my purpose. Well, focus on growing and contributing. And I guarantee that you'll find it. Focus on growing, on becoming the best version that you can be, and then focus on contributing, on serving other people, and you'll find what your purpose is. And the other day I made a post, man, uh, like a sim one simple step to get out of depression, to get it to like stop anxiety, to like stop sadness or whatever. One simple step. You want to know what it is? Absolutely. Serve. 
Serve, go serve, serve, man. Get out of yourself. Get out of your own mind. The reason people are depressed, the reason people have anxiety, the reason people are like down is because they're only thinking of themselves. Mm -hmm. Right. So when you grow yourself and then you go and contribute, right? You stop thinking about yourself and you and when you start thinking about how you can solve other people's problems, you have no time to feel bad about yourself because you're contributing. Right. And that is the key. Right. So it, it starts with and this is what I do with my like men. I build people. That's all I do every single day. I build people. I build my team members and I build team members who build team members. Uh, I build team. I build I build people and I build networks. That's it. That's all I do, man. Every single day. Right. Nice. And part of building people, right, is like helping them become modern kings and queens. And what this entails is like wanting to like tap into your God given unlimited potential, wanting to become the best version of yourself in every single area of your life. And there's five, you know, I, you know, I, there's five freedoms that I call it. There's physical freedom, optimizing your body and your mind, right? Um, to be able to perform at, at a high level, emotional freedom. That's get, that's about getting in tune with who you are, right? Getting getting in tune with who you are so that you can master yourself. Spiritual freedom, getting in tune with God, and right? getting connected to Him, to with your Creator, whatever it is that you that you believe in, right? Whether that's energy source, uh, Buddha, or God, whatever, whatever. It doesn't have to be Jesus. Sentiment. Once you have those three, the financial freedom is going to be simple, right? Uh, and then the last one should be sentimental freedom, becoming a husband and a father. If you are already a husband and a father or a mother and a wife, then the financial freedom is going to have to wait a little bit. First is you, physical freedom. Second is you, uh, emotional freedom. Third is you again, spiritual freedom, your relationship with God. And then fourth, your relationship with your wife and your kids or your husband and your, and your, uh, and your kids, right? And then financial freedom, because if you don't get those four areas on in check christopher yeah the, the financial one will never go anywhere or it might go somewhere you know you might it won't, be, it won't be it won't be permanent it won't be permanent it, exactly you right so you you'll you'll get there but then you'll burn it down or you'll end up so rich that the only thing you have is money right and that and that, so, and that only that only leads to quiet desperation later on in life because people have money and they pursued it all their life then they're empty and they don't have a, a fulfilling legacy like you've been talking about one thing I'm curious about with you is I'm the no excuses coach and I know I'm going to be on your show in a couple of days. What are some of your excuses that you've used in your life and the ways that you overcome them? Excuses that I've used then? Yeah. Uh, let's see. What excuses have I used? Uh, well, I, I guess lots. I can't think of anything right now. Let's see. But let's see. What, what excuses have I used? I'm young. Uh, I'm young. I'm young. <laughs> I'm young. That's all I can think of, man. Um, I really, I really, have not making make made, made any excuses, but I spent a year and a half, about a year, about yeah, but about a year, trying to sell, trying to like sell married entrepreneurs with kids, you know, like men, like men, like 30, 35, 40, 45 year olds, trying to sell them on how to grow their business without sacrificing time, health, and relationships. I jumped on like more than seventy sales calls, and you want to know what I got from that man? What? Nothing. <laughs> like I, I couldn't sell. I like I couldn't sell right and. Like I they got wouldn't believe you because with, you were young. Exactly. And I got on calls with men who were like, who they literally cried on the call because they needed help. Right. And they couldn't, they felt like they couldn't do it on their own. But when it came time to like pull the trigger and like give me money, they wouldn't. Right. And, and like, um, you know, like, and I, like, I get it. Right? Like I wouldn't, I, I probably, if I was like 45 years of age and was running a business and I had a family and needed help, I probably wouldn't go with a 20 year old. Right. Mm -hmm. So I get that, 
but it, it wasn't an excuse. It was like, you know, I just persisted for like a year uh, until finally I made a switch and I started doing something else. Um, but I, like that has been like, quote unquote, holding me back because it didn't hold me back. It just gave me a lot of, a lot of experience and a lot of, uh, you know, wisdom and, and uh, opportunities to like learn from people. But that's like the only thing that, you know, has ever held me back. Um, the, the, the reason that not many, that I have never, I haven't had many, many excuses is because I believe it's because in the past three years, man, I've, I've invested over $200,000 in my personal development. So I've always had people around me that were like, that didn't allow me to have excuses, you know? Smart man. Um, and Smart like man. work on my mindset and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's my take on that. That's awesome. So how do you, how do you process rejection and failures? You were just talking about making sales calls and sales is one of the most challenging, you know, jobs that, because you have to be able to get through all those different no's to get to a yes. How do you handle rejection and failure? Yeah. Handling rejection and failure. Well, well, exactly. How do you handle them? Right? Like it's up to you. It's your choice. Like I threw an event, right? It was supposed to be an event for a hundred people. I invested like $50,000, $15,000, maybe a little bit more. Uh, and even for hundred people, 14 people showed up, right? I could have, you know, like, you know, like from outside in that looked like a failure, right? My mom cried a little bit because she thought that I had failed, but I was like having this amazing time. And I'm like, all of those 14 people that showed up to my event, like I had a food, I had drinks, I had an after party, like for hundred people and stuff, everything was paid for only 14 people showed up. But I was like, man, I, I went there, I went on stage and all of those 14 people that came, all of those 14 people that showed up didn't leave the same. Like yep. they left for their hearts and their, their hearts and their minds changed. And it was a great learning experience for me. And I didn't feel like I failed, right? Because of like my definition of failure, right? Like I, like, I fucking did it, man. Like I, I threw an mm -hmm. event, like how many people throw events, right? Very rare. So it depends on your definition of failure and rejection, right? It depends on your definition of rejection. So for example, you, you know what you, you walk on, you walk to a bar and you try to talk to someone, you try to talk to a girl and invite her a drink. And then she says, no, like, what does that mean to you? Well, you know, like for some people, it means, oh, I'm not good enough. Um, I suck. I am pathetic. I'm ugly. For the story me, you tell yourself. Like, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. So like, like most people are not even aware that they can choose what these things mean to them. Yeah. Right. So how do you, how do you handle, how do you handle fa failure and, and, um, and rejection? Well, by just like, you know, like choosing what, what it means for you. So for example, um, um, and then, and then you learn this, right? Like, because like when I was doing those sales calls and I had like, I would fall out of the horse and then I would look, I would go like four days without working and just depressed. And then I would like get back up again. And then, you know, like there were some times in which I would fall off the horse for like a week for like two weeks and then that turned into a week and then that turned into like three days and then that turned into like two days and then right now something happens and then in a couple of minutes i just shift my perspective and i'm ready to go um so it's just about uh you know like the meaning that you give to any event that happens in there your life. you go that's right? what i was looking for you can you can choose so, to give that meaning you can choose to write your story for yourself i teach people it's how you react or you, you respond and most times we react from an emotional base based on our previous experiences based on our beliefs that we've told ourselves but 
I teach people how to choose to respond and sit there and say, what can I learn from this? What can I take from this? What part of this can I use for my, my continued growth? Because to your point as well, I threw an event back in 2016 and I had about 80 people show up and it was successful and everything else. And then I went to go throw the follow-up event and probably sold like 10 tickets. And I was sitting there like, mm -hmm. what am I making this to mean about me? Cause I was taking it personally. And then I just started recognizing that the, the economy was in a different place, that my marketing needed to be worked on, that I didn't have the right mentors in place to help me do that. So instead of taking that as a rejection or as a failure, I took that as an opportunity to invest in myself like you do and be able to get the right strategies. And that's when I, I changed everything around as well. So I love the fact that you talk about that. I love, I love asking people questions. That's like my big thing. I teach my coaching clients how to ask better questions because when you get honest with yourself and you get the right answers, like I just said, you know, I ask, I tell people like, what am I making this to mean about me? Cause so oftentimes we take things personal. What are some favorite mm -hmm. questions that you either like to ask yourself or you like to ask your clients that make them think differently? That's awesome. That's an awesome question, man, man. Like I think, you know how I'm living my life, man. Authentically and congruently. Yeah, but like exactly right. Obviously, yeah. But like from question to question, from question to question, like I literally every single morning, right? When I like when I sit down to like, um, I call that emotional and spiritual freedom. There's three things that I do for my emotional and spiritual freedom. I pray, pray, meditate, and journal. And I don't pray like, I don't even know how to pray. Like how you're, I've never been to church or anything. Like what I, what, what I mean by praying is just like communicating, right? Like communicating with 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 God. I pray. Right. I like communicate. Right. I ask, I sit down to meditate, I receive, and then I journal, I document. Right. So those are the three things that I do for my emotional and spiritual freedom. And like, I ask, ask and you shall receive. And like, what, what, what I mean when I say that I live my life from question to question is that I'm like, I ask questions and then I receive answers. I'm like, all right, what would be the best next step for me to take, you know, right now? Right. And Love obviously the, the, the situation could be a little bit more specific, but what would be the next best step? And then I just sit in the middle of a question and an answer. And then I just allow myself to receive it, man. Or, um, I just ask questions and I receive answers. That's like crazy. That, 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 that literally sounds like a crazy person, right? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> no, that's not ask, crazy. I mean, that's what successful people do. Exactly. Right. What do you mean? You ask questions that you receive answers. Yeah. Try it. Pray, ask questions, ask empowering questions. Right. Because like most people go, go, the, you know, live their life asking, why am I so, so, so stupid? And they get answers. <laughs> Wrong question. So stupid, right. But if you ask, what qualities do I have that would allow me to stand up in the, on stage and deliver an amazing, you know, deliver an amazing like conversation, an amazing presentation and change people's lives? What traits do I have that could allow me to do that? Why is it that I'm qualified to do that? And then you'll come up with answers as to why you're qualified to do that. You'll come up to answers as to what traits you have that will allow you to go and deliver an amazing presentation, like ask empowering questions and you'll get empowering answers. And like, I literally live my life from question to question. I ask, I sit down to receive. And then all of a sudden in my journal, there's like million dollars idea. That's it, man. That's it. I love it. I love it. I was waiting to see if you were going to go on more with that. Because I love questions. I mean, I sit there and ask questions like, um, who do I need to become in this particular situation in order to achieve the results that I want to be? Um, I love Oh, yeah, asking. you asked about specific questions. Yeah. So, yeah. man, a couple of questions that I, I, I'm always asking myself, okay? And that's, what do I want? Who what do I, I want most? <laughs> mm -hmm. What do I want most? Nice. Yeah. What do I want? Like in every situation, right? Like, uh, actually, do you know who Gary J. White is? Who? 
Gary J. White. Gary J. White doesn't ring a bell. Well, I have like this stack. He calls it a stack, right? It's like a form of questions that you ask yourself uh, that you go through uh, every time you go through an emotional trigger, right? Like, because you go through an emotional trigger with people. And what most people do is like they just react to, to that, whatever it, whatever it is that they're feeling, right? But instead, you like take that trigger, that emotional trigger, and then you figure out what you're, what you're like, what, what's the story that's making you feel that way? And then you find out that it's a false story. And then you are like, okay, now that I know that this is a false story, what is that? What is it that I want? Right? Like, how is it that I, what, how is it that I want to react? And um, so I'm always asking myself, like, what do I want? Like, what do I want? What do I want? Okay, well, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Right? Like, because we're not conditioned to think like this. We're not conditioned to think about what you want. Like, if you go down the street and you ask 100 people what they want, they're going to be like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do I want? Mm-hmm. Like they don't, they just don't know. Like they've never asked themselves that, right? Um, so I'm constantly asking, what do I want, right? From like every, every situation, instead of just reacting, right? I choose what do I want, and then and then I act in accordance to that. Nice, nice. I love that. So you're very intentional in the in the way that you execute, and the way that you are really writing your story as you're going on. And I and I have mad respect for you for being 21 years old, and for coming to the country and not knowing any English and everything else. I'm going to switch gears for a second, because I, I think this could be powerful for people watching this and, and being considering what's going on in the world. And depending on I don't watch the news, I, I'm kind of like you. I mean, I get news bites and everything, but I'm, I'm like a big lover of all people. Like I've, I've, I've my friends, I've got black friends, Hispanic friends, all gay friends. I mean, every gamut, I've got friends all over the world. So I'm like one of those big love people. But I see every once in a while I'm seeing this divisiveness and I'm seeing hatred going on. We had the situation, you know, I think it was two years ago with the murder of George Floyd. Um, we got some divisiveness going on just here in the United States, just between white people. What is what are you, what is your take on being able to, to bridge that, that gap and that divide between different cultures and different nationalities and everything else to get us to see that we're more the same than we are different. What is my take? Yeah. What is my take on like, how, how is it that I'm contributing to that? Mm. Yeah, I mean, just I, how what what recommendation or what's your view on that? Because I choose to see the world as a beautiful place. I don't like divisiveness. I don't like hatred. I don't like name calling. I don't like really putting people in labels. I see us all more the same than we are different. What is your take on that as far as from your perspective, um, being Hispanic and being in this country for three years, do you see that divisiveness or is that something that you experience? Or do you want to see like more love and more unity for your kid and for my kid and everybody else's kids? Yeah, man, of course, right? Of course. But you know what, man? Um, I know there's devices, the, the, the divisiveness, but I don't experience it, you know? Um, and like, like I, I believe that you know, the, only, the only reason why like, a human being would like, hate on someone else is because they are really having a, they're having a really bad time. Bingo. Right? Like, like, like people just go projecting onto the world what they have inside. It's like, it's like shitting in your hand and then throwing it at somebody's face because you can't deal with your own shit. Yeah. Right. And most people can't deal with their own shit. Those most people have not been, you know, taught, trained, and educated, uh, you know, as to how they can deal with their own shit, and they just live their life throwing their shit to other people's faces. Right. Hurt people. Hurt people. Um, right. And so, so that, so that's what happened. So, like, anytime. If I experience like some hatredness, some hatred towards me, or if I, you know, if I, if I'm like, if I'm seeing someone, you know, like just trying to attack me, 
I honestly, man, I'm like, like I feel like compassion for them because I'm Love like, man, it. like that person must be having a really bad time, like to come at me like that, like, like, right, like m most of the time when someone like hates on someone else or they have an opinion or they say something or whatever, that thing that they said or that they did or that they acted upon has more to do with them than with the, the person that they're saying it to or that they, you know, that they're attacking. Um, so that's my take on like decisiveness and hatred and like, you know, like people who are fighting with each other. Um, yeah, we just gotta be taught, you know, there's, there, 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 we need more people like us, like me and you, like doing this kind of things, teaching people how to deal with their own shit. That's yes. It. Yes. Yeah. No, I'm a firm believer in, and hurt people will hurt people. And I know from my own experience, I've been betrayed, backstabbed and all these different things, but I still continue to love all people. When I, when I, especially with my mom, my mom was very abusive to me physically and mentally, spiritually. And I Mine always too. wondered why. Huh? Mine too. Oh, and I, and I always wondered why. And I always had like this, this aggravation with her and I was homeless with her for four years. I'll probably talk about it on your show, but it wasn't until I took a step back and I thought, how can I see this differently? Cause I'm all about shifting perspectives. And I thought if I had gone through all the experiences that she had been through and all the different people in her life, might I be like her? And immediately my response was yes. And so for me, having empathy and that, that understanding for people and trying to seek first to understand, that's probably one of the greatest lessons I've learned in my life. And Stephen Covey wrote it in the seven habits of highly effective people. He says, seek first to understand, then to be understood. My mom was always like, understand me, always yelling and angry and always trying to always be in control. And I thought, you know, how can, I be how can I be successful? Oh, we're two peas in a pod, bro. Um, I, I said, how can I be successful? And I thought, you know what? She doesn't care about, she doesn't give a shit about anybody else but herself. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to start learning and understanding for people. So I've been always a big person of questions and like really listening to understand where people have been in their journey so I could better help them maybe modify their perspectives and their attitudes and change their outcomes. Um, so for me, it's been, it's been phenomenal. My, uh, my last two questions for you. Number one, since you had mentioned your daughter, um, besides the growth that you've experienced, what are like some of the things that your daughter has taught you about yourself? Cause I know I have a five-year-old son. We adopted him from birth and he's taught me quite a few things, but there's a couple of things I always think about when people ask me that question, what is it for you? What is your daughter? What's her name? And what has your daughter taught you? Cause I want to know her name. Of course. My, well, my name is Alexander. I like Alex just for sure. My, uh, my, for short, my, my daughter's name is Alexandra. All right. Beautiful. So she was named by me. And, um, yeah, like one thing that came instantly into my, into my head, man, was that, was the fact that like, damn, I, like I'm always thinking like, damn, most of like, it must, must be so fun to have both of your parents love you. Yep. Yeah, that's it, man. And, creating, and creating the, creating those moments, being in the moments. I know that's one thing my son has taught me is I was always outcome oriented. I've always been success oriented, like based on my experiences of being homeless and everything else, I've always been in survivor mode, even though I've, I've been super successful. And when my son came along, we adopted him from birth. We couldn't conceive naturally. We tried to do IVF that didn't work, but what he has taught me and also my coach has taught me is to be in the moment. Like I was always like in the, in the future, like, okay, I can plan ABCD. I'll get this. And, and I was very prescriptive in my success in corporate. I was super successful in corporate before I left there in 2019, or I was in the past, not beating myself up, but always pontificating and thinking about, okay, how could I have done that better? And what my son has taught me is like, just be in the moment. Like I watch him. I'm like, he doesn't give a shit about the future. He doesn't give a shit about the past. Yeah. He cares about right now. So one of my intentions, God's honest truth every day when I wake up is I say, my intention today is to be present and playful with my son. So like literally when he comes from, comes home from school, 
I get him up in the morning. I snuggle with him. We walk him to school. He just started kindergarten on last Monday um, is when he comes home, I shut everything off. It's like I go into dad mode and I think about this. This is something that's helped me considerably. There's a guy out there, um, not Brian Tracy. I'm going forget, to forget his name. One of the, the great inspirationals. Uh, nope, it's gonna, it doesn't matter. But he said in an interview one time, he says, what it, you know, the, the interview asked him, what, is he, he's, what has he learned in his life? And he says, you know what? I've learned when I'm in a situation with somebody, am I being like, for my example, am I being the dad that I would want if I was a five-year-old kid? And if mm -hmm. I'm not being that dad, if I'm like thinking about other shit or I'm not being playful, like I've been to the beach one time and I was like, well, I've been to the beach a lot and I don't like getting sandy. I just don't like it. But he's in there playing in the sand. He's got sand all over his face. He's wet. And I'm like, I don't like that shit. I mean, I like going in the sand, but I thought, am I being the dad that a five-year-old would want in the sand? And I fucking flipped my switch and I got in the sand and started playing with him, throwing sand and just having a blast with him. He was having a good time, but he immediately started changing. So for me, like being in those moments with him and being very intentional and letting the other shit go, that has been massive for me and my own personal freedom, my own personal space. Um, and actually my financial success as well, because now I'm not in my head so much. Now I'm just a lot more in my heart. So um, thank you for exactly. sharing that. And then um, can I share one more thing with you? Oh, absolutely. Go ahead. One thing that, that I'm proud of is it's this man. Um, is this look it's uh, so the other day, my, um, you know, my, my mother called, right. And my daughter was la, 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 mama. like, uh, does grandma love me that? Yeah. 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 Um, of course, baby. And then she asked, and then does Italia love me? Italia is uh, my mother's, you know, like baby daughter, my, my sister. Um, and it was, yeah, she loves you. And then she, and then she said, does mom love me? And then I was like, yeah, she loves you. Everybody loves you, uh, baby, uh, you know, love or whatever. I, I, I talked with her in Spanish. So that's how I'm like, I'm getting confused. And then, and then I, and then I asked her, guess who loves you the most? I asked her, guess what you think she responded, man? What do you think she responded? I would think you. She said, Alexandra Ramirez herself. She loves her. And that was my first thought, but I was like, that's probably too, too prophetic, but that's awesome. And she's three, man. And then, and then, and then she like walked and then she walked, you know, beside the, the, the mirror, stopped in front of the mirror. And then she was like, Ayaya, te amo. Like, like she was like, Alexandra, I love you. Yeah. And then she went upstairs. Dude, she's gonna be a game changer in the world, bro. That is that is awesome. That is awesome. I teach my kid all that stuff. And he, I said, Dad, I said, Jackson, are you unstoppable? He goes, Of course, Dad. I'm kick-ass unstoppable. And he's five. I'm like, I love it. So, final question before we run out of time. We've been going for 54 minutes, dude. This has been awesome. I love chatting with you. Uh, you have a microphone to the world right now. You have a microphone to the world. Everybody's listening to Alex Ramirez. What what do you say? What do you say to the world right now? It could be business related, it could be personal related, it could be humanitarian, it could be what do you say to the world right now to make it a better place? Damn, I have to come up with something, man. Um, like I have to come up with like a like a like an answer because uh, man, my mission is helping men and women become modern kings and queens. Like I literally believe that um, you know, like that any men and woman, right, like that they have unlimited God given potential. And in order for them to be able to tap into that. They have to become what I call a modern king and queen and achieve true freedom and work in every single area of their life. Physical freedom, optimizing body and mind, right? emotional freedom, getting in tune with who they are, spiritual freedom, getting in tune with who God is, sentimental freedom, being a good husband and father and, and just trying to be the best version of themselves in every single area of their life. And then financial freedom, that's going to be easy. Right? So that would be like my, you know, my message. 
And being a modern king and a modern queen, working on those five freedoms, where you're becoming the best version of yourself, being a growing, expanding, accelerating, compounding human being, is what will give you the capacity to do whatever it is that you want in life, right? Like, you know, in business, you know, to build, grow, and scale a impactful, purpose-driven, and super profitable business. Like, being a modern king and a modern queen is the foundation for that. Like, if you don't have that, you're not going anywhere. Yep. You might get somewhere, but then you'll, you'll, you're like burn it down or, or you, you simply won't have that fulfillment that you are really after. So that is the foundation. And then there's five things uh, that you need, but what I call the five freedom skills, which is like speaking, right? Speaking, um, networking, sales, marketing, and leadership. I like those are the like five skills, five freedom skills that I call them. And um, the most impactful for me, man, has been networking. Like the reason that I'm where I am right now, the reason that I've been able to like make so much progress in my life in the past three years, what I believe is really good progress is because of people. Like anything that you want, anything that you want to have, anything that you want to do, anything that you want to be, there's already a bunch of people that are already, that, that are already, that already have those types of things that you want to have, that are already doing the type of things that you want to do, and that are already type, the type of person that you want to become and the fastest way for you to get there, you have two options. You can like work really hard for years in order to get there or connect with them yeah. and become part of their circle, become part of their social circle. Um, and like, like networking, like that's been the most impactful for me. Like if you don't know sales, if you don't know marketing, if you don't know leadership, if you don't know like how to speak on stage, just network, like you can, you can literally network yourself to become rich. Yes. By just having the right relationships. I love it. Alex Ramirez, the Ron and Scripted Show, brother. Where can people, I've got, you sent me a bunch of social media links. I've got a few of them, but where can people connect with you? Uh, so man, I have Facebook a, up here. Awesome. Awesome. The real Alex Ramirez. Uh, I have a podcast with like 200 episodes with high level men and women, uh, high level modern kings and queens. And it's called, you know, my, my, my uh, woman's podcast is called Understanding a Modern Queen. All right. And the man's podcast is called um gentlemen's shf the gentleman's shf talk right that, that was like a you know pretty i just like pull the trigger i was like all right let's call it this let's go and interview high level men the gentleman's shf talk and uh, those are my two podcasts i interview like literally some of the most high level men in the world i've had over 200 interviews and i'm doing more um and then i have another podcast i have three and then i have another podcast called modern rei modern real estate investor podcast in which I'm interviewing the biggest and most successful uh, real estate entrepreneurs in the world. And I use podcasting as a networking tool. I use podcasting to connect with anyone, no matter how rich, famous, or out of your league they, or out of my league they may seem. And by using podcasting as a networking tool, I've been able to connect with like the most successful men and women from around the world, which has allowed me to speak on stage, make a, make a ton of money, learn and gain a lot of knowledge and collapse the time that it takes me to achieve my goals. Smart dude, so, smart dude. And then I also got the uh, the millionaire podcast automation.com um, forward slash opt in. You'd sent me that one. And then also yeah. I put up your email here uh, in case people wanted to get in touch with you. You want to do you want to read it off? So um, for the podcast for people who are listening, I got it up on the screen. Yeah. So the millionaire podcast automation.com forward slash opt in. That's a training, man, actually. Uh, that's a training that teaches people how to like start, how to like uh, start a multi-million dollar network of building podcast, right? It teaches people how to like, you know, use podcasting as a networking tool and how to build a network of 100 
you know, people who can become your clients, who can put you in front of hundreds of your ideal clients, uh, who you can learn from and who will help you achieve your goals faster, right? Like that's what the training is for. Um, you know, it helps you build a network by podcasting. And then that's my email, josefballero1234567789 at gmail.com. I did that email when I was 14, meaning that that's my personal email. So I actually, you know, use it. So uh, that, yeah, that's my email. If you want to like, get in touch with me, uh, send me an email or, you know, get in touch with me on Instagram, which is the modern gentleman SHF one. That's my Instagram, the modern well, gentleman I- SHF one. And I will put that one in. Um, I'll put that one in the comments for the show notes tonight. But man, this has been an amazing conversation, dude. I appreciate your transparency and telling me about your story and everything else. I'm looking forward to be on your show in a couple of days. I'm going to put you backstage. I'm going to finish out the show, but don't go anywhere because I want to chit chat with you for a second. But uh, thank you, brother, for being here. All right, man, for sure. Bye-bye. Oh, what's up, ladies and gentlemen? So there it is, the Ron and Scripted Show, Alex Ramirez. The thing I, w- I want you guys to take away from this particular conversation, you notice. 21 years old, been in the country, very short time, learned to speak English in three years, uh, told us about his amazing story, but listen to how intentional and prescriptive he is about his success, his morning ritual. I've told you guys about this a ton of times on the show, like how you start your day. If you go and read all the different successful people in the world, they have a morning ritual. And he talked about some of the components of those, you know, spending time meditating, spending time journaling, you know, taking care of your health, making sure you're hydrating, um, making sure like for me, I've told you guys on the show, I set my goals up the uh, the night before. So when I walk into my studio right here, I've already got what uh, I call the needle movers. So I've got the needle movers up there. That's what, what's going to move myself and my financial goals and my personal goals forward. And then I've got my other things that are going on there. So if you're at home watching this and you're struggling with your life and you're struggling with your focus and your clarity and everything else, be intentional about that. Set yourself up the night before. Make sure you have things ready to go. If you if you've been meaning to go to the gym, have your gym closed right there. And like he said, you know, put your I don't call it an alarm clock. I put it. I call it an opportunity clock. Put it that thing across the room. If that doesn't help you, what I used to do, I don't have to do it anymore, but I used to have timers on my lights. So my room would be dark and all of a sudden the lights would go on and that would force me to get up as well. But Mel Robbins talks about five, four, three, two, one. You got to do shit within five seconds of thinking about it because if you try to rewrite your mind, your brain and everything else is going to try to keep you safe and certain. It's going to say, well, I know you said you were going to go to the gym at five o'clock in the morning, but um, if you get 15 more minutes of sleep, you'll probably have a better workout. That's bullshit. That's bullshit. So five, four, three, two, one, get your ass up and get moving and being intentional about that. And as you're going through your day, realize, like Alex said, you know, what is it that I can do in this moment to shift my perspective? How can I serve other people? Because that's one of the greatest gifts. I started off the show talking about help heal humanity. When you give of yourself, you honestly, you recognize and you get more out of it than the other person gets. I know this from personal experience. I volunteer my time at homeless shelters. I still volunteer my time with at-risk kids who've been in jail and juvenile hall and everything else. I'm constantly serving. And what I get back is amazing because when you go out there with your heart to serve and to connect with people, it's incredible what God source universe will provide you guys. So I'd love to know in the comments, what your takeaways are from today's show. Uh, I encourage you guys to go connect with Alex on his social medias. We'll make sure they're in in the comments as well. So you can just click on them and just appreciate you guys for being here. And as always, be sure to check us out at Christopher Roush. Well, actually, our, we're promoting the new website now. So it's noexcusescoach.com. Go to noexcusescoach.com. We got my six-month uh, group coaching program starting September 19th. And I just decided last week that I'm going to be doing a uh, No Excuses Confidence Building Workshop. And I'm going to do that September 12th. Uh, it's going to be 97 bucks. It's 90 minutes. And it's going to start with you uh, developing your authentic uh, self-confidence and everything else. And so I'm going to be posting that up there as well. So go 
check it out and uh, get on our newsletter because when you're on our newsletter, you guys get the first choice of whatever's going on. And I always provide uh, special discounts for those guys who are part of the Misfits for Life community. So we appreciate you for tuning in here to the Ron and Scripted Show. We'll be back next week, same time, Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And don't forget to check out the Unfiltered Experience, my other show on Friday nights at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. This week, we got a crazy couple, David and Missy Hartley. They are going to be going on a road trip in a Tesla. So to talk about their, their their experience and how they're preparing for that and the reason why they're doing that. So you definitely want to tune in for that. I'm not going to get that away right now. So I'm going to let you guys go. Go out there, be brilliant, be kick-ass unstoppable. I love you guys.